The first scripture for today is Genesis three fourteen through 15. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The second verse for today is Revelation 12, 1 through 6. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed in the, with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up into God, unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had a place prepared of God, that, there, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. This series is about, uh, from chapter 3 of Genesis until the Lord comes back the second time, and we're not there, we're waiting on that. And it includes the time that he came the first time, and we're talking about that. Uh, We need to be prepared. God is preparing us. Some of us are aware of that preparedness, and some of us are not. Some people are desperately need to be prepared. Part of that responsibility is ours. But what we're talking about, and is very rarely talked about, is the, the warfare that went on between the heavenlies and God, and between God and the fallen angels. We'll talk about this, and the reason why I'm talking about it is that we're looking forward to celebrating the first advent of Christ to the earth. The the first advent of Christ to the earth was the second battle in this war that has been going on for 6,000 years. Okay? It has been going on for 6,000 years. There are allusions to it in the Old Testament, in the prophets, There are allusions to it in the New Testament and in Revelation. And we're going to look at that today. Because today we're preparing for the advent of Christ. Next week we're going to talk about the continuation of the preparedness of Christ uh, for us. If you go to Genesis chapter 3... We start at the place where, where the war broke out, the rebellion took place, where Satan, the dragon, which he's mentioned many times, the dragon 
begins to attack the authority of God, and he even comes down to the earth where God has created the perfect environment so that the pinnacle, who's the pinnacle of God's creation? You and I. So that the pinnacle of God's creation can have holy divine fellowship with the living heavenly father. There was, there was a lot going on. It went on. God, God made everything. He said everything was good. Everything was perfect. Mankind spent his time with Eve, his blessed wife, his helpmate. Both of them perfect in all ways. And they walked with God. <coughs> God encouraged them. God loved them. And then the war, the war broke out. And the enemy came and deceived man and woman, Adam and Eve. And they fell. And death and sin entered the earth. Destruction came. Things began to die. They had never died before. For however long from the end of the creation till the fall of man, however long that was, nothing ever died. And then death came. Wow. Wouldn't, what would it be like to have never experienced or seen death? Never, nothing around you had ever died. It had flourished. It was strong. It was healthy. It was good for food. It was divine in its nature. And then all of a sudden, everything around you begins to have the nature of death, not life. God decided he needed to make a judgment. And he comes down in the third chapter after the fall... And he begins to find out what happened. He already knew, but he wants mankind to know. He wants the enemy to know that he knows. And in verse 14 of chapter 3 of the book of Genesis, God curses the dragon or the serpent. It's interchangeable there. Okay. And he says to them, Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animal. Do you understand at that point in time that, that, that God demotes the position of the serpent from a being he created and equality with him with livestock and wild animals that he made? Do you understand that he does that? That made the enemy mad. I'm glad. I hope he's upset. Okay, so he demotes him. He said, you will crawl in the belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. What is dust? Dirt, right? What is man created out of? The dust of the earth. That means that... He will have a hunger to consume you and I. It's confirmed in, the God, in, in one of Peter's epistles when he says he's like a roaring lion going through to and fro across the face of the earth to do what? To devour who, could, who he can devour, right? 
So he's, he's cursing him. Verse 15 comes, it's related to us by uh, Paul in Romans chapter 8. In verse 15 he says, And I will put empty between you and the woman, and between her offspring, or your offspring and hers. Now, what is the dragon or Satan's or the devil's offspring? Those that are born without Christ, which means all men. All men are God's offspring until, or Satan's offspring until when? Until they come in contact and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul says that there's empty between us and God because we do not live in the truth. John, 1 John talks about it. We must live in the light even as Christ is in the light. And so there's empty between all lost men and women across the face of the earth. And in their lives there is chaos. Because what is death and chaos? Or death and sin? Chaos. That's all that it is. Listen to this. He says, it put, He will put empty between your offspring and hers meaning Eve's, and he will crush. Who's he? The offspring of Eve. Who's Eve's offspring? The Messiah. The one who comes to reconcile everything. I want to tell you something. The celebration of the advent, the coming of Christ, is so important to us. We could never have an Easter without the advent of Christmas. Do you understand that? And there are those yahoos out there who tell us we shouldn't worship this coming of Christ. I will worship the coming of Christ until he comes the second time. I will do that. I will celebrate him and glorify who he is and what he does. What will he do? He will crush the dragon's head. How can anything exist if the head is crushed? So there's going to come a time and a place where the serpent will no longer exist. And the only one that can, listen to this, the only one that can get rid of a created being that God created to be a part of his council is another divine entity, and that divine entity is the Lord Jesus Christ, the sovereign God of the universe. Amen? And he will do that. And that's what's going to happen. And the only thing he'll do is just strike at his heel, which won't even bother him. Now that took place. 6,000 years ago. And God has been in the process of preparing, preparing us for this second coming, for the coming of Jesus Christ. We've talked about it the last two Sundays, and here we are in the third one. And we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, verse, verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. I didn't tell him that, so he'll have to hunt for it. It'll come up there. In, so, so we've got Mary and Joseph. Jesus 
Jesus, excuse me, God the Father has gotten married Joseph to the point where she's nine months pregnant and they have two-week journey on a donkey, nine months pregnant. Did you hear that, ladies? On a donkey, nine months, I, I can't even think about it. And it takes two weeks and God sent with Mary and Joseph and the donkey guards. They're called angels. Angels. I believe they were robed in war, warrior garb or whatever it is in heaven. I know they have swords and I believe they had swords. I believe that the enemy knew what was going to go on. They didn't understand it. They didn't know what God knows, but, but they knew something was going on because of the attention that God Almighty had focused upon Mary and Joseph, the messengers that were sent to prepare them for the life that they were going to live. And, and they were there to protect them. Don't you ask God to protect you to go to Washington to work? Do you hope he has a sword? I do. Right? And then they come to that night. When they came to the end, there was no room in the end. There was no place to go. Hilton was filled. All of them were filled. And they went and he said, uh, no, I don't have anything, but you can stay in my stable. And they believe it was a cave. And, and it was a natural process that the, in those caves there were stables. And so the baby was born there. And they placed him in a manger. So the... The Messiah has made it. He's here. You're going to find out that it was not just the birth of a woman, but something else was happening when he was born. But once it was over with, oh, let's go there. Let's go to the 12th chapter of Revelation. All right, let's go there first before we get back to the shepherds. Okay, Wayne, we're going to go to the shepherds later. Shepherds, uh, shepherds. Chapter 12 of the book of Revelation. A great sign appeared in the heaven, a woman. Now, I want to tell you something about Revelation. There are people who say that it is a book of Revelation. It is. But it is a book of Revelation about the gospel of Christ. And in the book of Revelation, there are snapshots, visions of the whole account of the coming of God in Christ. And this, this right here in chapter 12, from, from uh, 12, well, almost the whole thing. The first part of it down to verse 6 is a snapshot of the birth of Christ from a spiritual perf- per- perspective. Thank you, Greg. Whoever said that. So this is a snapshot of the spiritual perspective of what happened. Ours is... Mary, Joseph, wise men, shepherds, lambs, donkeys, whatever's there, right? This is the spiritual snapshot. God allowed John to see what happened. God allowed John to see what happened in the world that you and I can't see. Listen, he said, a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, 
and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant. She carried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another, another sign appeared in the heaven. An enormous red dragon with seven heads, ten thorns, and seven crowns on its head. That's Satan. We've got Mary here and Satan. You'll notice Joseph isn't mentioned. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman. Listen to what it says. Who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment it was born. You all should go, oh, this is where you go, oh, it almost happened. The enemy almost thwarted God's. She gave birth to a sign, a male son, who will rule the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and his throne. It's talking about death and resurrection there. It's talking about the cross. See, this is the snapshot of what went on. And the woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God. Who do you think was there in that, that stable? God was. The lion was. Lion. Serp, the serpent was. The dragon was there. He was poised to kill Jesus the moment he was born. I can imagine Michael the archangel. Why do I say Michael the archangel? Because Michael the archangel, he is the angel of battle over the nation of, of Ju uh, Jerusalem and Israel. You know, he's, he's the head honcho of war. And he took the serpent and he battled him away from that place. I think that is why now we can go to Luke chapter 2. That is why I believe what happened among the shepherds happened the way it did. It said, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, watching over their flock by night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around and about them, and they were terrified. There he comes, the head angel, and he appears to these lowly shepherds. They're feeding their flock. They're caring for their flock. They're getting them to lay down. They're ready to sleep all night. They don't think anything is happening. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears to them. And the power and glory of the Lord appears shown all around and about them, that which was night com, com, became completely day. Wow. Not only that, once he starts talking, a legion of angels, uh, it says a great number, 
came with him. And I believe they were there around that small little place where Jesus was born to protect his coming into this world because this world was Satan's world. And for him to come, the Lord of the universe, to bring salvation to mankind was to be opposed by Satan. And they came and they protected his entrance into this world. We serve a holy, powerful God who loves us completely. Do you understand that? That's why we want to be obedient. Because of his great, enormous love for us. Now, I I need to redress this. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Deliverer. He's Emmanuel. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. King James, guys. Okay? And he'll be lying in a manger. Suddenly, in verse 13, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. We have, del- we have completed the first phase of your deliverance. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. There will never be peace on earth unless it rests in a human being. Let me say it again. There will never be peace on earth unless it rests in a human being through salvation and forgiveness of Jesus Christ our Savior. That's what he's saying. If you want peace, I don't care what your turmoil is. I don't care what your past is. You want peace You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. He is the Lord. And when the angels left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. And they hurried off. They didn't get there ten minutes late. They rushed there. I would have felt sorry for the one who had to stay and watch the sheep, wouldn't you? And found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured them up in her heart. All these things. And the shepherds returned glorifying Praising God for all the things that he, they had heard, they had seen, which were just as they'd been told. Wow. Did you realize there was that much conflict in the birth of Christ? 
It was that much. Battle. This is what scholars call the second rebellion. This is where the, the demonic forces of the universe who were lord over the earth, this is where they tried to stop the intervention of God through Christ and his death and resurrection. I want my children's 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 children to know this. That's why I can come to Christ and submit myself to him and ask for forgiveness no matter what I've done, no matter what I'm afraid of. Because, see, he entered death and sin and darkness with the obedience to the Father and by the power of the eternal forces of God into this world of darkness to bring light. That's why he says he's the light of the world. Amen? That's why I put lights on my Christmas tree. I don't know about you guys. He's the light of the world. He's the light of the world. Hey, he's the light of the world. Oh, he's your light. Your light is my light. He's the light of the guy down the street that cannot hold his liquor. He's the light of the woman who can't stay married. He's the light of the person who's thinking of suicide. All we need to do is tell them who Jesus Christ is. We get tied up in political statements, philosophical teachings, occultic issues. We get tied up in all those things when in reality it's Jesus Christ died for us to set us free. Amen? Is that everything? Oh, you guys weren't there when I put this together. Hey, let me tell you a secret. Don't listen to the lies you're being told by the world. Because the lies only want to destroy you. They do not want to help you. Listen to what is true. Listen to what is true. Listen to it. Don't listen to lies. Don't, please, don't listen to lies. Boy, they sound good, don't they? Let me be as angry as I want to be at people. It makes me feel good. You'll end up in hell. Did you know that? I'm sorry the world treated you bad. Jesus Christ can change all that. He can change it. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Now, why in the world would they say that? Because we're battling against powers, principalities, and authority. Paul knew it. He taught about it. One third of all the Gospels teach about the war. I'm glad I'm on the winning side. I want to take as many people with me as possible.
I mean that. I mean I want to take as many people with me as possible. With the authority and power of Jesus Christ. Do I have time left? Boy, I'm early today. What happened, Patrick? We call this a short message, okay? 